Hello everyone, welcome back to the Buzzer Beater Podcast. So today we're going to be having a playoff episode. Actually, it's just me, David, could not make it today. And guests are going to be coming on the next few weeks. But today it's just an individual episode. Um, it's packed, but I'll tell you that. It's really worth listening to. So we're going to start off with the Milwaukee series. Right, I'm sweeping the heat. Then we're going to go Cooper's Mavs. Talk about Boston, what's going on in Boston. Talk about the NBA injuries. My personal favorite series. Um, yeah. And, yeah, let's get into it. So, first thing. Actually, let me set the shot clock. I have five minutes for a topic. Boom, shot clock started. First thing. How far can Milwaukee get in playoffs? So, time and time again for years, we always talk about how Milwaukee would never deliver. You know, Giannis just plays amazing. I think, like Stephen Ayo says, he plays amazing 45 minutes. It's the last few minutes of the game. You can't ask him to do anything because he's not going to do anything. Uh, this playoff run, however, Milwaukee has done amazing. Amazing. They, they beat the Heat, who beat them last year. Right? They beat them. 4-0, and it seemed like a very easy win, too. What's the difference this, between this year and last year? Drew Holiday was the difference. He was there for defense. He was averaging 17 points that series. He was averaging almost 9 assists. Drew Holiday delivered. Chris Middleton was there at the end of the game. Clutch shot. We know it happened after they went to overtime, and then he made that shot. I believe that was game two. So, is it fine to say that Milwaukee has a big three? I don't know. What do you guys think? I, I I think it is. I think Milwaukee does have a big three. Um, especially playoff time. Um, Giannis clearly is a big number one. Number two, I would say, is Chris Middleton. Just because he's there to deliver at the end of the game. And he's more of a point scorer. Um, and... He was a former All-Star. They're all All-Stars. Chris Milton, of course, and Drew Holiday, not perennial All-Stars like Giannis Antetokounmpo has been. But I think it's fine to say it's a big three. I, I think so. I don't see a problem with that. I don't know why people are having a problem with calling it a big three. It is a big three. And the difference between this big three and every other big three in the league, every big duo in the league, every super team, super team in the league is the difference is Milwaukee plays on both sides of the game. They play offense. They play defense. So Giannis will drop 30. He'll also get two steals and two blocks. Drew Holiday, he'll give you nine nine assists. Nine dimes. He'll, he'll give you a clean nine. Then he'll get four steals. Chris Middleton, he'll make five threes. Even better, seven threes. Three steals and a block. So this team... I mean, they play defense, they are dogs. And it goes all the way through the rest of their lineup. It's, it's, I mean, Brooke Lopez plays on both sides. You know, extremely defensive player. Dante DiVincenzo, why he was still in, we're going to get to him later with injuries, was a defensive player as well as an offensive player. Um, but again, they have just offensive players. They just have, you know, Bryn Forbes has been going crazy this series. He's a great scorer off the bench. He's, he's going to be an NBA player for a long time just because of his scoring ability. No question about that. But how far are they going to make it to the playoffs, this team? I'll tell you, 
throughout next round. Throughout. They're playing the Nets. Let's not kid ourselves. The Nets are beating the Celtics. It's not a problem. Nets are going to play the Heat. Uh, sorry, the Bucks. Though. So, do I see Milwaukee beating the Nets? No. No way. We talked about the big three. Both teams have a big three, in my opinion. But the Nets' big three is just on a different level. You have two MVPs. One finals MVP. Should be. And then you have Milwaukee, who has one MVP, two also. And and I have to admit it, Milwaukee is much well run out. So every player on the Milwaukee lineup is much more fluid with the system that the team follows than the Nets. But the Nets, I mean, you just have so much star power. I do not see them losing to Milwaukee. There's no way I see them losing to Milwaukee, even in a seven-game series. I say Nets in six. Yeah. I don't see it going to game seven. I don't think the Nets will bring it that close. I say Nets in six. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's just really unfortunate because Milwaukee has such a great, great, great season. And it's so sad that, you know, they have such a hard matchup in the playoffs. But it is what it is. Shot clock is ending. That's been five minutes on this topic. Next topic. Clippers versus Mavericks. Oof. Okay, let's get into it. So this topic. I think my favorite playoff topic this year. Clippers and the Mavericks. So, as you guys know, Mavericks had a two-game cushion over the Clippers that completely disappeared. Now it's a 2-2 series. It kind of reminds me of last year's playoff bubble series. You guys remember that? Remember, Clippers got first game. I'm sorry. Clippers and Mavs got 1-1 after the first two games, then became 2-2. And then everyone was getting kind of hyped because, you know, Chris Epsperzingis wasn't even out. I wasn't even playing. And, you know, Mavs were still tied with them in the series. It was 2-2. But then they ended up losing the last two games. So it was a six-game series, not a seven-game series. Yeah. That might be what this year is. Except Mavs got a 2 0 cushion and lost two. It's funny because they, they flipped, bought at home and away. So Mavs won both their games away in LA, and Clippers won both of their games in Dallas. Do I see the Clippers coming back home to LA, losing to the Mavericks? Even one game? No. No, I do not see it happening. Um, and it could be, I mean, Luka Doncic has a nerve issue in his neck and I mean watching the game you could just see he was giving it his all he was really pushing so it's just so unfortunate too because um, I mean we're going to talk about injuries later but I mean it's like everybody's getting injured and it's it's almost taking away from the game of basketball that we want to see in the playoffs and it's almost defining the playoffs as a whole but that's a topic I'm very passionate about and we'll talk about later. So, Mavs got blown out. Blown out against the Clippers. Why? I don't know, maybe because that was the Clippers' biggest game in franchise history. 
possibly. Down 32.11. Fight. Get the ray up there. So, when they were up 2 0, the Mavericks, I told myself, and I told myself they would win in five games. Did that happen? Clearly not. I don't get how a team wins two away, loses both at home. But I guess the Clippers, I mean, the pressure was really going to the Clippers. Because if they lost that third game, which was not that far, not that, like, the score was not that far. If the Clippers lost game three, series would have been over. I'll tell you that. There's no way they're coming down three. Absolutely no way. There's no way another team's going to lose. There's no way the Mavs are going to lose four games in a row in the playoffs, two, two of which are at home. So, yes. And if, let's just say hypothetically, if, you know, Mavs are down 2-0, how do you think the Clippers organization felt? A bunch of pressure, right? I mean, bunch of pressure. You had Tyrone Liu, head coach this year, who was assistant coach last year under Doc Rivers. I'm sure there was a bunch of pressure. And, if the Clippers were defeated, I mean, they were a team with two superstars, got hyped up all year, two for the past two years, just to lose to a young team led by a 21-year-old, Luka Doncic. Yeah, Clippers were going to break it up. Let's be honest. If they lost this year, I don't think they're going to lose this series. It's 2-2. But if they lost in the fashion they were going to, after the lo- they were down 2-0 against the Mavs, I guarantee you they were going to break it up. And I hope this just shows why load management is not plausible and it's not worth it. Crazy thing is, guys, Kawhi Leonard is a free agent this year. This summer, he's a free agent. That means he can go really anywhere. Kawhi Leonard can go anywhere. Is he leaving in LA? In my opinion, no. Probably going to get this, talk about this in a later episode, you know, with David and possibly a guest about NBA free agency and what everything's looking like. He's staying home life for me. His family's from LA. He's from Riverside. Um, he already has a few houses here, which I know is not a big deal in the NBA world because they have houses everywhere, especially LA. Uh, it seems like every NBA player has a summer LA home, but he's not leaving. There's, there's, oops, let's hear that. That's the timer for the Clippers, end of the Clippers Mavs topic, but. Just to finish this up, I don't think he's leaving next year. I think what was going to end up happening was, if I were to make my guess, Paul George would be out of there, Kawhi Leonard would stay, some other superstar would come, or they would add a third star, maybe like Kyle Lowry. Not like superstar level, but all-star. Okay, next topic. What's going on in Boston? I'm going to say one more time. What's going on in Boston? Okay. As many of you guys know, Boston is down 3-1 in the NBA playoffs against none other than the Brooklyn Nets, probably the greatest team on offense has ever played basketball. Oh yeah, they have two MVPs in their prime. And Kyrie Irving. Yeah, that's how good they are. Exactly. So, I don't know what's going on with Boston, but what I see from the Boston Celtics perspective, I mean, Tatum has really, really 
blossomed into a superstar this playoffs. Clearly, when he was a rookie, he was really good. Second year, he was really good in the playoffs. This year, he's on a different level. I mean, he has he dropped 50 and 40 in consecutive playoff games. 50 points and 40 points consecutive playoff games. So the problem is not Jason Tatum. That one's easy. The problem is not Jason Tatum. Jalen Brown, who's out, has done amazing this year. The problem is not him either. Is it fine to say it was just a tough playoff match? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, exactly. They, they played the Nets. It was an extremely tough playoff match. But does that define why they can't make it far in the playoffs? No. No, it does not. Because they stump up the joint in the regular season. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. They really stunk up the joint the regular season. This was a team that was projected to be a top four seed. And I think the seventh seed. Yeah, injuries played a factor. And Walker was out for a bit. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had that whole entire collision. But does that mean that they it's fine to be a seventh seed? No. So if they there's a problem that happens in the regular season that would prevent them from having the seventh seed to play the Nets. So yes, for this playoff match, losing this playoff matchup, I don't think anyone in the world sees them beating the Nets in this seven-game series. But there's definitely a problem because they're the seventh seed and they should not be the seventh seed with that superstar talent. I don't see the Knicks. I don't see the Hawks being better than them. So they should for sure be in the four or five area. So Brad Stevens. Do I think the problem is Brad Stevens? No. Brad Stevens has had multiple winning seasons. He's a great head coach. has been coaching, I believe, since 2013 with the Celtics. Probably one of the NBA's best coaches. So the problem is 100% not him. It can't be him. I mean, it's it's, it's not the players. It's not the who can it be? I don't know. Maybe uh, the GM. Maybe Danny Ainge. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Danny Ainge is the problem. I don't know. I think Danny Ainge is the problem. If you guys can't tell. Danny Ainge has been such a great GM. I mean, he built such great teams. And I have to give him respect. You really do. I mean, he, he deserves so like so much respect. He's one of the NBA's best general managers. He's up there with Daryl Morey. I mean, he's up there. He's up there with Rob Polinka, uh, who's recently put his name in the best, you know, one of the best GMs conversation. But it feels like Danny Ainge has been in that conversation for a long time. From, you know, being leading Phoenix, you know, being in management there to the Celtics. He just always builds such solid teams. But there's a one problem. The teams he builds just never happen come close to making the championship. I'm sorry, coming to the finals. So he's a great GM. There's a timer. I'm going to finish up this topic. But he's a great GM. Is he... You know, championship level GM though? I don't think so. 
at least not for the Celtics. I think for too long, he has, I don't know. I think he's so invested in the future, he never wants to really put anything out. And I think now to win an NBA championship in the competitive age we live in, you really have to put all your mar- marbles forward. So you see the Nets, they gave it all. Bucks, they're giving them their all. They're trading everyone. They're trying to get more veteran experience right for the playoffs. They got PJ Tucker. You know, they're really doing their best. The Celtics, it just feels like they're not fully committed. It's like they're half committed, half not. It, it feels like they know that they're not making the final. So their goal is really just to make the playoffs, make the second round appearance, maybe conference finals. I don't know. But the NEA, and that's not a mentality you can have if you want to win a playoff, uh, if you want to win finals. So I don't want to say he's a problem, but I think he's a problem. So I'm sure this year, this summer, Celtics, uh, you know, management's going to analyze everything, figure out what the problem is. Maybe it's Kemba's positioning on the team. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. I, You know, they're going to check the coaches, players, GM, I'm sure. He's going to check on himself and see what's up. Um, okay, next topic, five-minute timer is on. Five minutes to knock down this next topic. NBA injuries. Guys, too many players are getting injured this NBA playoffs. And it's, it's defining the 2021 NBA playoffs. It really is. There's no question about it. it it's Injuries are defining this playoff. So, I don't know. Maybe you guys can ask, who's getting hurt, John? Okay. Anthony Davis is hurt. Kemba Walker is hurt. Chris Paul was hurt. KCP is hurt. Dante DiVincenzo is out. Because he got hurt in that game one, in that round one series against the Heat. Luka's hurt. We talked about that. He's hurt, but he's still playing. Jalen Brown is out. I know he was out before the playoffs. Same for, you know, Jamal Murray who's out because of an ACL. Brown, Jalen Brown because of a wrist. Too, too many NBA players getting injured. And there's definitely more. This is just the tip of the list. So if I just said, let's see, I said one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I just mentioned seven players hurt. Seven players hurt. I guarantee you there's more than 15 players hurt because of the playoffs. This is a problem, NBA. You can't have, you know, players, teams be so invested in the regular season to get the highest seeding possible. And then when it comes to the playoffs, because they're so torn and worn, they get injured and then, you know, rate of injury increases. You have players who are hurt. And they're not hard. The thing is, they're not season-ending injuries. They're just strained. They're, they're, they're for Chris Paul, is a shoulder strain. AD is a groin strain. KCP was a knee contusion. Kemba, I mean, I mean, it's 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 not anything season ending. It's not anything career changing. But it's these stress, it's these wear and tear stress injuries that occur. Right? The strains. Contusion, I mean, that's more of just a collision. That's just more of a KCP was in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I think the NBA really, I think this summer, uh, this offseason, the league, the board, 
of governors in the league is going to have to figure this out. They're going to have to see, well, what do we do? Do we make the playoffs a five-game series out of five games in the first, second round? Do we adjust the regular season to those less games, even though this year there were only, you know, much less than there are in a regular season with 82? Do we, uh, you know, do we... Do we space out the games more so that players have more time to rest? Do we eliminate the back-to-backs? There's a lot of questions the league has to consider, and it's all at the expense of players' health. So until they figure all it out, all this out, um, you know, players are going to continue to get hurt. They're going to continue to get injured. They're not going to be career-ending injuries, but they're going to be stress injuries, which means over time it's going to get more like worse and worse for these players. Eventually you're going to have a lot of cycling in the NBA, meaning a lot of players coming in, a lot going out, a lot of coming in, a lot going out with injuries. So NBA has to fix this. Um, it's not fair to the players that they're getting hurt this much. You know, but it is what it is. We have one more minute on this topic. I'm going to talk about NBA injuries and how it relates to our past. So in the past, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves. Injuries are going to happen regardless of gameplay, how many games are in a series, how long the playoffs are. Injuries are going to happen. It's just a matter of time uh, for these players who put, you know, who really, they're playing basketball for their career. So, I mean, it's it's going to happen. Um, but... In the past, I mean, we've always seen, you know, randomly just career-ending injuries. We see season-ending injuries. But this year, I mean, if we're being honest with ourselves, it feels like there was a lot more of that. A lot more of that. And I'll tell you, I think it's because, you know, the bubble leading up to the regular season. For example, Lakers only had... There's a timer. Lakers only had four... I believe it's four or five weeks between the end of the bubble and the start of the regular season. How do you think that affects, I don't know, maybe 35-year-old LeBron James' body after he just won finals MVP for the Lakers in the finals? I don't know. It doesn't give him as much time to rest. And I get it. NBA players, you know, they started load managing the beginning of the season, especially the players who made it very far in the playoffs, the Lakers. And that makes sense. But could that be the reason why LeBron James had to miss fourth of the season because I mean he, let's be honest he never gets injured maybe he's just getting old but I'd rather bet that it has something to do with the playoffs from last year being way too close to the regular season and that's something the NBA is for sure going to fix it's not going to happen this year hopefully hopefully there's not going to be a bubble that happens midway through the playoffs in 2021 but We'll see. Um, so next topic. Actually, this is the last topic. Five minutes. Clock started. I'm going to talk about my favorite series. You guys want to take a guess what my favorite series are? Is Knicks versus Hawks. This is the best NBA series out right now. I know the Hawks are up 3-1. I get it. I do. I really do get it. 
it's just so entertaining when you have this many young players playing this many it seems like everyone who's playing is their first NBA playoff series and I know it's not the case I know Derek Rose has been in the playoffs I know Clint Capella has been in the playoffs but it just it just feels like it's the first time in the playoff atmosphere and they're really like you, it's so fun to see some people really take advantage of the atmosphere and some people not Trey Young talks to the crowd hypes up the crowd shushes the crowd while Julius Randle you know in the beginning chose to kind of end our way and I think it has something to do with it being his first time in the playoff series especially at the four seed um but man am I happy to see this playoff series come to fruition I mean and really really continue and go on I think wow it is just an amazing playoff series and I think we shouldn't take it for granted this is the development the blossoming we talked about the blossoming of Jason Tatum this is the the first blossom of the first harvest and first blossom of Trey Young I mean dropping 20 and a half shushing the the fans in Madison Square Garden Trey Young do you know where that do you know what Madison Square Garden is I mean he does he said I'll meet you back at the A and so far he delivered they won that game so I don't know it's going to be a really good series you know it's going back to New York now Trey Young and the Hawks won both their games at home in Atlanta but wow this is a fun series and I think it's important to point out the Knicks the Knicks this was an extremely successful uh, season under first year under Tibbs um, new management you know even though there were no fans I think having fans would have even gotten you know made the Knicks even better I don't, I'm not saying they would have been the third, second, first seed. I think those teams are on a different level. Way higher than the Knicks and the Hawks are. But I think the Knicks would have had a better record. Still be the fourth seed. Better record if fans were in the building. Just because, man, the Madison Square Garden fans are absolutely electric. I can hear it through the TV. I'm sure you guys can too. Um, but yeah, I mean, this playoff season... This playoff series is my favorite. Um, but if you were to ask me, I think the Knicks need one more playoff game. One more. Just one more to really, 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 really call a season an absolute success where there's no regrets. Um, we all know going into the season, going into this playoffs, that the Knicks were not going to go in. They were not going to go get, you know, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, possibly make the Finals. That was a fantasy fantasy coming from New York we knew that they were going to you know first round maybe second round exit I was leaning always towards the first round I couldn't see them beating the Hawks in seven but if they can really win two playoff games because the one playoff game they did have already was a very close game you guys remember it was it came down to the wire in the last few minutes um, so they need one more playoff game and maybe a solid victory up by at least ten just to show that this season was really successful and that they really, really outperformed and they really, really outdid what everyone thought they were able to do. Hawks 
had an extremely successful season. If you guys remember, they, man, they really struggled at first. Lloyd Pierce was the head coach. There was some turmoil between uh, Lloyd Pierce and some of the players in the locker room. That led to the Hawks having a 13th, 14th record in the NBA. And guess what? Nate McMillan takes over as head coach. One of my favorite coaches. I still don't get why Indiana fired him. I think he's a great NBA coach. Um, takes over. Goes on this huge, huge win streak. Huge win streak. Huge. And somehow, there's a timer. Somehow makes the Knicks go from, sorry, not the Knicks. Somehow makes the Hawks go from like 13, 14 seed to a top six NBA seed. And they finally made that push for number five, the end of the play, uh, the end of the season. So no, really, the Hawks had a successful season. Um, because just imagine if Nate McMillan was their coach all along. Will they have been the third seed? Like, how good would they have been, really? So, I I never thought the Knicks would outdo the Hawks, just because the Hawks ended on such a such a victorious run, but. I definitely call both these seasons for these teams successes, regardless of who wins. Again, I say Hawks in. Oh. Say Hawks in six. Yeah. Hawks in six. Hawks in six. Uh, that one will be back in Atlanta. Yeah. So that will be back in Atlanta. Hawks in six. And I say Hawks winning by about nine. Uh, this is a really fun series, though. I'm not going to lie. A lot of young players. But, yeah. That concludes the playoff episode for today. Talked about Milwaukee. Their chances of getting far in the playoffs. Again, I think throughout next round, they had a great, great season. I think it's a success. Um, Clippers, Mavs. Talked about Boston. NBA injuries. Favorite series. Okay. That concludes the playoff episode, guys. Stay tuned for our next episodes coming up, which are also about the 2021 NBA playoffs. And other than that, have a great day and stay t- and you know listen to our other episodes. But that's me. That's the Buzzer Reader podcast for today. Have a great day.